0: Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of Coogee Voice. Today we're talking with Richard and Randa Habelry from Autism Mates who are breaking down barriers for people with autism, including education, training and employment. You're listening to Coogee Voice.
1: I really think it's important to educate not just the teachers but the students because children by nature are not nasty. Uh, a lot of it's um, learned behaviour and a lot of it is just out of the mere fact that they don't know what to do. People often think that those on the spectrum don't want to have friends because they're socially awkward. That's not true. They want friends, they just don't know how. This is an opportunity for our young people to advocate for themselves. They use their own voices to talk about their life and their hopes and their dreams.
0: Richard and Randa, welcome to Koogee Voice. How are you today? Good, good. Really well, lovely
1: to be with you on <laughs> this beautiful day.
0: There it is, it's a wonderful day today. Now, before we start talking about the great work that you're doing with Autism Mates. Now, you two have lived around the eastern suburbs your entire life. What do you love most about living in the east?
2: I love Maruba beach because I love to be closer to the beach. So there's two beaches that I like to go to. One is Maruba beach and one is Goody Beach. I start with Maruba Beach because they have waves and I like to boogie board. Coogee Beach, I like to swim. Coogee
0: Beach is one of my favourites as well, but uh, yeah, I have to say Clovelly is my number one. Now, let's dive straight into it. Can you tell everyone about Autism Mates and how did it start?
1: Well, We didn't plan to be on this journey at all, but we we fell into it because Rich was diagnosed with autism and we found that there was a lot of discrimination, a lack of awareness, a lack of inclusion. There was a lot of bullying through school and I really was pushed to it when we almost reached breaking point after a few horrific bullying incidents. Despite the schools being fabulous and well-intentioned, it just didn't work because the education wasn't there. So we, we fell into it with uh, a video that I made together with my daughter after one incident and it just took off and people were contacting me from all over the world asking uh, to use the video. And so then I wrote the book about our journey and about our possible solution, which included the mates' programs. And then when Richard finished school, we found that those same issues existed in the, the big wide world in employment. There was lack of employment opportunities and, again, discrimination and a lack of awareness. So Richard um, started speaking up for himself and for his peers and he now speaks at schools. He's created his own employment pathway. So very proud of the young man Richard is today. Fabulous achievement for a fellow who we were told would never speak, ever speak. So he's just an, an amazing young man, aren't you, Rich?
2: Yeah.
0: Now, Randy, you've spoken about the bullying that Richard has been subjected to. Richard, what's some of the meanest things that have been said to you?
2: Look, my first day at primary school is I was seven years old. I was so young, and one of these Principal keeps suspending me from school, and and I kick the boys when they dragged me into the toilet. Another one, so When I was in in high school, my friends like throw heads at me, and, and and they laugh at me because they think it's funny. And I also don't like it when people call me retard. Mm-hmm.
0: How does that make you feel, Richard?
2: It it really is aggressive.
0: Yeah. But how does that that make you feel? I'm
2: really disappointed. I I was like going to say, hey, you come here. Do not call me a retard because if you ever call me that, I will report you and nothing has happened to them. He
1: he used to come home and um, ask me, you know, what does it mean? Uh, and, And that. Coming back to heartbreaking, when when your child comes home and says, "Mum, what does the word retard mean?" It's that's hard. The yeah. students who can't speak up for themselves and relay the context or the incident uh, end up being punished, and the, the bullies or the instigators get off scot free. So that's what happened at at his first school. So we had to move schools, and we found him a lovely school, which he he thrived at um, and it all came down to a really caring principal and a beautiful student cohort and wonderful teachers so there are great educators out there but we just need to get the message out so that all school experiences are as good.
0: Randa how hard has it been for you to watch these kinds of things happen to Richard?
1: It's heartbreaking It. It's totally heartbreaking because you you think that everybody will love your child and that's not the reality, uh, especially when, when your child is different. And it's funny, there's this juggling act that, that you have to become familiar with. When do you pick up the phone and speak to the school principal? When do you talk to the teachers? Because you don't want to be that mum that's constantly ringing. So... That's why I really think it's important to educate not just the teachers but the students because children by nature are not nasty. Uh, a lot of it's um, learned behaviour and a lot of it is just out of the mere fact that they don't know what to do. So so we need to educate them but it's very hard as a mother and that's why I also established the Autism Mates closed Facebook support group where mothers and, and carers Can just find support from each other. We have uh, regular Zoom meetings for parents and carers and regular Zoom meetings for young people on the spectrum to just get together and form connections because you do end up living a very lonely and isolated existence because people just find it too hard to be around you. Your friendships change uh, and you form, you lose connections and then hopefully you make new connections. Um, So, that's an important part of the the mates' uh, story. It's the support network.
0: Now, you are talking a bit about the mates program. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Sure. We've got um, a few mates programs. We've got Schoolmates, which is a high school leadership program, which we'd love to get into every high school. And it's about educating the student cohort, asking students to put up their hand uh, to apply for a leadership position and that mates leader is then paired with a student who needs social support and the mates leader then becomes a part of the school leadership team just like a sports captain or a house captain and that that gives them permission uh, on the playground to support the student who needs uh, social support they're paired up in the same year group so unlike a buddy system which is kindy with Year 6 or Year 7 with Year 12. This is in the same year group and it's not a carer role, it's just being their friend because that initial step is often the hardest and, and people often think that those on the spectrum don't want to have friends because they're socially awkward. That's not true. They want friends. They just don't know how.
0: Can you tell us a bit about Bestmates? What is it? How did it start?
2: I really love to have this job and I love to go to primary schools, talk to the kids and tell them I'm just like everyone else. And I've written for Best Mates about Tommy the Turtle, Danny the Duck, and I've been speaking at primary schools, preschools. The kids just loved it and I really like to do it again.
1: Best Mates came about because we we used to go to high schools and and present, and then we had primary schools contact us and say, can you come and, and speak? And we thought that his speech, um, just like everyone else, was a little intense for, for the little ones. So Richard wrote a puppet show called Best Mates, and it's about the friendship between Tommy the turtle and Danny the duck. And it's really based on his own experiences at school about how he was not invited to some parties and how it would have been fabulous for just one person to befriend him. Uh, so it's, it's his words using characters he loves and he chose, it's interesting that he chose the turtle because he felt that the turtle really didn't fit in. He, he was a bit like the turtle, didn't fit in the ocean because that the um, sea creatures thought he, he belonged on the land and on the land they thought he belonged in the ocean. So he plays the role of Tommy the turtle. Uh, so we go, go to preschools and uh, primary schools and present that. We were going really well until COVID happened. We had lots of bookings, but now all that's shut down. So we're looking to animate Best Mates to get it out, not only to schools around here, but to reach the regional schools as well. So uh, that's our next project to animate Best Mates. That's
0: wonderful. Now, I guess, what is your dream? What is your big objective that you hope to achieve through Autism Mates?
1: I really think the time for awareness is over. People know a lot about autism these days and pretty much everybody knows at least one person on the spectrum. So beyond awareness, I'd like inclusion, true inclusion. Now, inclusion in schools doesn't mean just accepting their enrolments. I had to fight to get Richard accepted into mainstream schools. Um, I was pushed towards special schools, which uh, I didn't think would benefit Richard at all. But... Inclusion isn't throwing a child in unsupported sink or swim. It's about educating the teachers, providing them with the resources and the supports they need. So a teacher who's looking after 33 kids in a classroom and then putting two uh, students with autism in is not inclusion. They need their teacher aides, their All the staff need to be educated and the students need to be educated as well. So that's what inclusion looks like, supported inclusion. It doesn't mean segregated. It doesn't mean putting them into a mainstream school and then sticking them in a support class where they're invisible. So I'd love to see true inclusion in schools. I'd love to see employment opportunities. Unfortunately, um, you know, 65% of people on the autism spectrum are unemployed post-school. That's a startling statistic. And I think if it was any other cohort, people would be up in arms. But for some reason, it's just ignored. Now, comparatively, 58% of people with disabilities are unemployed. So the autistic people are disproportionately represented there. They lack employment opportunities. They can contribute. And so they need training, they need opportunities, and they need the the funding. The funding's there, NDIS is there, but I just I don't see it working properly to support them post school. Randa, can you tell us
0: three common things that you often hear about people with autism that are incorrect?
1: Well, a lot of them think that people on the autism spectrum are either Rain Man or Sheldon. They've got this. A crazy gifted talent or ability to to do something they're not all like that people who've seen brain man or the big bang theory think that they know everything there is to know about autism it is a spectrum disorder and um, each person is very very different so that's number one number two is just because they are socially awkward doesn't mean that they don't want to have friends they really do want friendships Richard's found it incredibly difficult during this lockdown because he's not able to interact. They do like to interact. And thirdly, a lot of people think that uh, if you're autistic, you're not empathetic. Richard has to be one of the most empathetic people I know. If he hears a baby cry, he runs away. He just can't cope with hearing anybody cry. If somebody looks sad, he wants to know why he wants to help. Um, So they are very empathetic. So They're my three top things. Uh, There's lots more, but but that's that's a good starting point. And I
0: guess then my next question is, what can people do to better support people with autism in our
1: community? I think it's really important for people to treat those on the spectrum the way they'd like to be treated themselves, with respect, with courtesy and with opportunity. They all... in. Richard's speech, which is called I'm Just Like Everyone Else, it's it's really insightful. He ends it with, I'm just like everyone else. I have the same dreams like you. I would love to have a job. I love to represent Sydney East um, in Special Olympics. I would love to move out of home one day. And I would just love to have a family. They're, they're, they're just normal human responses. So, I think the best thing that anybody could do is just treat them with the same courtesy, respect, and opportunity that you would give anyone else,
0: Miranda, you know you've worked in this area for a very long time. you're a great advocate, not only for Richard but for people with autism more broadly. Where do you see the big gaps coming from government?
1: ah uh, there are and there are there are big gaps. Um, Funding for uh, funding in schools uh, needs to be addressed. They need, um, as I said, you can't just pay lip service and say that we're an inclusive school. Accepting an enrolment, if you can get in, the legislation's there, but the reality is not. So the schools need to be funded properly for inclusion. I, I recall that uh, Richard had funding for aid time but it wasn't given to him. It was spread across the school. That's not how it's meant to work. The the NDIS funding can't be used in schools. Okay, what can? What are you offering schools to support students? Because that's what they, that's their starting point with anyone. They need an everybody needs an education to be able to survive uh, post school. So. It's their right to an education. Australia is a signatory to the United Nations Convention of Rights for people with a disability. Everybody has a right to an education, and that's that's not the reality here. in in Australia and in in many other countries, the fact that people still have to fight to get their kids Mm -hmm. into mainstream school and then to have them supported. And then the outcomes are so poor. They aren't able to find employment. So we need funding for schools. We need employment opportunities. And governments really need to take a really close look at grant opportunities. The grants go to the same organisations year in, year out, and the process is so complicated that if you don't have a permanent team on staff, it's very difficult to um, to be successful in, um, in, in receiving a grant. So the funds are there, but they're sort of all over the place. Um, I'm having a real issue with NDIS as well. Again, the funding is there. But you can do some things, you can't do other things. And it seems that post-school, there's only babysitting opportunities. Where are the employment opportunities? Where are the organisations that are upskilling our young people? I mean, most school leavers go on to some form of upskilling, whether through university, TAFE, apprenticeships, whatever. Where are those opportunities for our young people? They have babysitting programs. That's not good enough. They want to be engaged. They want to contribute to society.
0: Brenda, I know you had a couple of events planned that had to be cancelled because of COVID. Are you able to tell us a little bit about the live events and what is in store for the future of Autism Mate's?
1: Sure. Well, we run two big live events every year, Model Mates, uh, which is at Westfield East Gardens, where our young people uh, professionally styled, their hair and makeup's done, they're photographed, and then they model the latest fashion looks on a catwalk. And what that does to their self-confidence is truly life-changing because they're, they're not presented uh, on a pity platform is celebrated and um it's an opportunity for um for employers to see that uh there is a, there is a market there for for not just that there's an opportunity for these young people to shine and it's an opportunity to showcase what they can do if given the opportunity now one in five people in australia has a disability now Think about that. If you're a business looking for a target market, here's a target market on a silver platter. If one in five people has a disability, if you're marketing to them, if you're employing them, these young people have siblings, parents, you've got a captive audience that you don't have to do too much to because we'll be forever loyal to your brand. So that's Model Mates, and they have a blast. These young people have a blast. We've also got the Autism Mates Speaker Conference, which we are an integral part of our 2021, which had to be cancelled because you very kindly organised for it to be hosted at New South Wales Parliament House, and our speakers were so excited about speaking at that venue. Oh, my God, I can't tell you how thrilled they were. They'd prepared amazing speeches. Um, So hopefully, fingers crossed, we can do it next year. Uh, Now, this is an opportunity for our young people to advocate for themselves. They use their own voices to talk about their life and their their hopes and their dreams and their successes and their challenges. Um, So it's an opportunity to hear directly from them. I go to so many conferences where we only hear it from experts and therapists who, beyond a clinical setting, really don't have a lot of experience. So um, this is an opportunity for them not only to talk to the community, but to practice their own public speaking skills, which can be transferred then into interview situations and employment opportunities. Uh, and Richard, th- what I'm trying to do is to replicate what we've done for Richard created an employment pathway for him where he goes into schools they pay him he speaks at conferences they fly him into state he had so many bookings this year which were cancelled unfortunately but he's now got an employment pathway and that's what i'm hoping to do for the other speakers and and our speakers range from uh seven years old to 40 years old what it does for their skill set and their confidence is is really remarkable that's wonderful. Tell us more about the cafe. Well, I've got this pipe dream. It's, it's big. Because so many of our young people are unemployed and so many of the post-school options, babysitting services, I'd love to create the Mates Cafe where our young people can, can go in um, and learn skills. They Those who can learn to make coffee, um, learn to take orders, those who aren't interested in those tasks, they can clear the tables, they can show people to their tables, they can help with food preparation. So depending on their ability and their interests, there's different jobs for them. Those who then can take these skills out into open employment, what a huge win. But those who can't, there's an opportunity for them to have employment not in a segregated workshop but in in a community cafe that where people come and go and they, they mix with people and they meet people and it can be a place for them to also go and buy their own coffee and feel that they belong. And wouldn't it be fabulous if once we created the first one we could replicate the model all over Sydney and then why not all over Australia? So the big pipe dream is the Mates Cafe. I've got to find the right grant funding for that. So anybody out there who can help me, <laughs> I'm all
0: ears. What a wonderful idea. Now, Richard and Randa, before you go, there are three questions we ask every single visitor to Coogee Voice. You need to tell us what is your favourite beach in the eastern suburbs, where's the best place to get a coffee or maybe a hot chocolate, and if you're going to have a burger, where would you get it from?
2: What's the best beach?
1: Maribor beach. Maribor. I like Coogee because it's karma. It's <laughs> no, I did learn to swim at, at Bondi. I grew up in Bondi, but Coogee I'd have to say. Yeah. What about um, coffee? I'll, I'll answer the coffee question, you answer the burger question. Uh, coffee, I like Chish and Phipps for one reason. You get your coffee and then you just go and sit on the stairs and you just gaze out into the ocean. Uh, <laughs> that's my favourite coffee. What about burgers, Rich?
2: I like Bistro on the Greens because Gary makes beautiful food, <laughs> and he lets us borrow the van for special Olympics basketball tournaments.
1: Oh, yes, <laughs> Gary. Gary's amazing at Bistro on the Greens. The food is amazing, but um, he also lends the Special Olympics, the Sydney East Special Olympics basketball team, the bus. He's got a van so that they can go on their away tournaments. Uh, so that's just amazing. So thank you to Gary for that.
0: Isn't that wonderful? So Richard and Randa, if people would like to learn more about Autism Mates and find out how they can support the charity, where should they head to? That's
1: easy. The website, which is www.autismmates.org.au or on Facebook, where on Facebook we've got the Autism mates page and the autism mates private group which is the support group and you're all welcome to join if you'd like to get in touch thank you so much Richard and Randa. thank you for joining us on Coogee Voice thanks Marjorie
0: What an uplifting tale Richard and Randa have shared from being bullied in primary school to now being a keynote speaker and sharing his story. And how amazing is Randa and the work she is doing in creating a more inclusive and accepting society for those with autism. Now, if you'd like to learn more about Autism Mates, head to autismmates.org.au. You've been listening to Coogee Voice.